Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Quarter. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. And this is episode 100. 100? That's it's insane. <laughs> We've been doing this that, that long. I don't know. Did you guys think that we would make it to 100 episodes when we first started out? I don't know. I, I think personally it was kind of a goal to get to at least 100. You know, so many podcasts fade after a while. So 100 is kind of like that milestone of you've kind of hit a stride. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of rough for me at first because I was doing all the editing and then thankfully... Argo, you, you uh, decided to chip in and some of my and fifty percent of my suffering. <laughs> Yay, editing is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was tough with GarageBand. It does not have any podcasting stuff built into it at all. Oh yeah, that's that's not something you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> we found better uh, edit. Eh, we have found better editing tools since then. Yeah, yeah, and we've certainly tried some that didn't work out so well. Uh, but what what are you guys using now to edit the audio? So I'm using a program called Reaper. And if you remember the guys that, that made Winamp, they went on to create some audio editing tools. And I guess you could call it professional level. It's definitely not quite the pricing level for a professional, but it's... Pretty good quality stuff. There's a lot of plugins for it, and it's got a decent community. And the price for non-commercial personal use is not bad either. Yeah, I tried the the demo version for Logic, and that was too much of a learning curve. But uh, Adobe's Audition actually uh, wasn't too bad. So I've been using that for a while. The key the key feature you need is the Ripple Edit, which lets you just select a piece of audio and delete it. So yeah, and when when you delete it, it moves everything past that point back yeah, a like little bit. Yeah, like squishes it up to so that audio is not there at all, not just deleting it. Yeah. Yeah, and then a little more background is we record each audio track independently, and then we have to sync it up. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that Ripple Delete is so useful. Otherwise, you've got to reline up all the tracks every time you delete it. A soundbite. Oh yeah, and there's a, there's plenty of time that we are recording over each other or talking over each other. I should say that's easy to edit out when you have three separate tracks. By the way, if listeners have not been able to figure it out, we decided for this episode we're gonna go a little meta. This is our special snowflake of an episode. We're just gonna kind of talk about how we got into doing what we do and that kind of stuff. So should be a fun one. So it's like a interview episode, but we're interviewing each other, huh? Yeah, it sounds about right. All right, hit us. All right, so <laughs> I guess I just just out of curiosity, I'm curious. What is the first Apple device that all three of you guys owned? So you're talking about yourself in the third person there when you said all three. I, of appara- you guys. <laughs> apparently, I am. All three of us. I wasn't sure the right tense. Yeah. If this were like a, a different language, there's more. Precise language. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, why don't you go first? So I, the first Apple device I owned was a 
a G4, a tower. And it was a power PC based uh, tower. Um, main reason I got that is um, my wife was a graphic designer. So, you know, being on Mac made a lot of sense. And uh, I think it was still OS 9 at that point. And it wasn't really until OS 10 came out that I decided that, hey, this is a pretty nice platform. I think uh, I wouldn't mind working on Mac OS. And in terms of non-desktop or non-computer devices, I was an early adopter and bought the first-gen iPhone, overpaid for it, got a little bit of refund, but still, you know, today's standards, you know, it was fairly overpriced. All right. What about you, Sam? You know, I was trying to think back for, yeah, I think I didn't have any kind of iPods or anything for a long time. And I don't think there was any kind of Apple accessory I owned. You know, for a while I was living with my brother and he had one of those uh, fruit colored iMacs. You know, when Steve Jobs came back and they brought the iMac out and he had the red one, I think it was. So it wasn't the first gen iMac. It was like the second one or something. And then, uh, that was, that was old school and kind of played with it a little bit and then didn't really touch Mac products for a long time. I was a big Linux user, right? So I had my desktops and even occasional laptop that would dual boot into Linux, which if anybody knows Linux on a laptop can be a little painful. Um, but yeah, the fir- the actual first Apple device I bought was the Intel MacBook Pro. Because at that point, you know, it was Unix, and that was something I was looking forward to. And the fact that it was Intel meant I could dual boot, and they had boot camp and everything. So I got the one of the very the very first generation Intel MacBook Pros. Man. Yeah. I, th- I thought you guys were going to have some like super old Apple devices. I'm kind of yeah. disappointed. No, uh, in some ways, I feel like I'm a relative newcomer to the whole platform. Yeah, I actually forgot about the original iPods. I had a few of those. Aha! At the time, <laughs> at the time, they they seemed really, uh, really nice. They were great MP3 players. Uh, it looking back, they're you know, it was a little bit of controls connected to a hard drive. <laughs> Yeah. You know, a spinning disc hard drive at that. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I I think I have a, a drawer full of those somewhere. I think they're all pretty much dead. Did you have one that they used the SCSI cable? Because that was big. Uh, I don't remember that. I, not that I know of. Okay. I think that was one of the very first yeah. ones that, and it was kind of, it was limiting because there was wasn't a whole lot of PCs out there that that could actually support that format at the time. Now I did work in a computer lab in college, uh, so I was responsible for a whole bunch of Macs. Yeah, actually, and uh, hold on, SCSI or was it SCSI or FireWire? Argo, FireWire. Okay, that 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 probably makes yeah, more sense. Fire. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. I couldn't picture the SCSI, <laughs> but yeah, FireWire uh, was definitely, you know, when Apple introduced the FireWire port, you know, that was somewhat cutting edge and uh, it 
you know, at the time, Firewire had a lot more bandwidth and speed over USB. So, you know, theoretically, it was a better technology, uh, but Firewire just didn't keep up or there wasn't enough demand and USB eventually caught up. Yeah, USB so, just became fast enough. And, and yeah. So, you know, I've got all these Firewire devices. Camcorders had Firewire and, and you know, anything that needed a decent amount of bandwidth at the time right um but yeah now now all that is useless i think i've got <laughs> a bunch of firewire cables as well and that you know i think i've got a zip drive that's firewire and a few other things really i had a scuzzy zip drive but not a, i never knew they had a firewire one but yeah i think so yeah well i've got drawers full of old outdated cables and devices and things really need to just get rid of it all yeah i think you know kind of going back to alex's question it was really os 10 that kind of pushed me over the edge and made me a fan of the platform you know having worked in the computer lab in with like os 7 and os 9 you know those computers would have to be wiped and refreshed refreshed frequently <laughs> yeah uh, when the system if a program crashed, it could take down the whole operating system with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, we had a lot of sad Macs, uh, <laughs> in the computer lab. Um, but we had a pretty good process for rebuilding them, uh, from scratch. But, you know, back then clones were a thing, like people could have a licensed clone and they sold them in the computer stores. And at the time, the clones were often better hardware than what Apple produced. But, you know, as you mentioned, when Steve went back it, you know, a lot of that changed and clones went away and the hardware got better. And then OS 10. Yeah. And Tim Cook actually helped eliminate the Apple tax. He basically brought down the price of manufacturing the devices without sacrificing the quality. So what about you, Argo? Um, so my first Apple product was, uh, it was the Apple two GS. I believe it was, uh, got it way back in the day. It was like a hand me down. Like I don't use this computer anymore, uh, from like an uncle or something like that. And there's no hard drive. So, <laughs> uh, I could basically like, open text documents and write stuff into them. I did not figure out that I could program in basic. That took until I got my calculator in high school to figure that out. But, uh, I could, I, I think we had one game, which was like maniac mansion. So I could play maniac mansion and write text documents. That was what I, all I could do with my first, um, Apple product. So it was super did you have exciting. A tape drive? <laughs> no, not on our, on our Mac. We did not. Cause, or Mac on, on the Apple II, because uh, there's no hard drive. There's nothing to back up. <laughs> well, no, they, they would like some of the old Commodore 64s and whatnot. You oh would yeah, actually you could load run... software off of a cassette drive. No, I had it had like the five and a quarter floppy or whatever, and that was that was all, all the things that I loaded off of it. Um, but then I didn't get any any Apple products for a while. I I did end up getting a one maybe the second gen iPod when it came out and then I jumped back in kind of around the same time Alex did. It sounds like I got an iBook G4 when I was in college because my roommate had this really sweet Mac and it ran Linux or it ran basically Linux with a, you know, 
very nice coat of paint on it, which oh yellow which made, dog. Yeah. Well, no, it did. It didn't. They did run yellow dog, but uh, I was doing lots of Linux stuff in school, and it was nice that I had like the command line I I liked and stuff like that on the on the iBook G4. But that was that was before Intel, so maybe around the same time Alex got the the G4 tower for for his wife. So, so now we know how we all kind of got started with our our first Apple devices. Uh, what about how did you get into iOS development? How about Sam goes first? Yeah. So, yeah, another latecomer here. I think I've only been doing iOS since about 2012, uh, and even the, prior to that, I'd been doing Android only for about a year, and really, it's just uh, side work for me. I kind of have this. Obsession. If I get some kind of device in my hand, I want to write software for it. If I can, if somebody puts out some kind of cool device that has an SDK or something, then I'm usually drawn to it. So I had a smartphone and this was Android phones at the time. Decided I wanted to program for these, for these mobile phones. And it definitely looked like a, a big up and coming technology or field. So that's, I got into it then created an app for for my own edification, really, and then decided I wanted to port it over to iOS and bought an iPod Touch, the third generation one. So by the time I bought that thing, I think it was iOS 6 was out at that point, and it was really just, or maybe it was 5, it was probably 5, yeah. And it was just too much for that that uh, iPod Touch, and apps would crash without a memory issues all the time on it. And it was kind of rough using it, but yeah. So kind of late for me getting into the iOS game. What about, what about you, Argo? Um, so I got the, I did not get the new iPhone right when it came out. Uh, but I did like, like maybe a month later, I think maybe, uh, Alex has a similar story, but like basically right before they, they were like, Oh, people aren't going to buy unsubsidized phones. So they cut the price a bunch. And I got the the rebate and all that good stuff. Um, but as soon as that happened, uh, I was messing around with websites. Uh, I uh, worked on this project where we made like a, a fantasy football UI that you could view on the phone. It was, it was they were all flash based back then, so you couldn't look at your at live updates of your fantasy football teams. Uh, and then then I started jo- joining some IRC rooms. Uh, when that first jailbreak came out and people were like, you know, reverse engineering the SDK basically and writing their own apps. And I, I didn't do any development at that point, but I was kind of following it very closely and messing around with it. And I, I think I tried a couple times to, uh, to get something to compile, but I never did. And so then when the first SDK came out, I was like, yeah, I totally going to do this. Um, no, shortly thereafter, invited a couple of my buddies over to our over to my house at the time, uh, and we're like, we're gonna make an iPhone app. So we made this really horrible iPhone app, and then we made another crappy one after that, and then we finally made some good apps. Uh, and I started doing it in my day job. I guess that's kind of how I got started. Uh, what about what about you, Alex? So you know, about the time you know OS ten came out, I was starting to get into desktop programming. Uh, I got the Mac OS programming book from uh, Aaron Hillegrass and was trying to learn Objective-C and 
you know, that that was definitely a bit of a challenge coming from other languages like Java. You're getting used to this whole message passing model and somewhat dynamic language constructs. Uh, but you know, I started to get through that. Uh, you know, Interface Builder was a separate app at the time. And, you know, compared to what we had for other platforms, it was pretty nice, but uh, definitely a different model trying to learn the whole outlets and actions and wiring things up uh, was interesting, but didn't really do a whole lot with that. And in my day job, I was at a big retailer and we were pushing mobile solutions on Windows devices to kind of uh, empower the, the workforce in the stores as well as the, the folks that travel between stores. And about a few months later, the iPhone came out and multi-touch seemed like that was, you know, going to change a lot of things. And uh, then when the iPhone SDK dropped, I was pretty much that day, it was kind of like Christmas, downloaded it, probably st stayed up all night trying to program, learn how to program in it and, uh, you know, looking at sample code from Apple and trying to figure things out. You know, at that time there was no interface builder, so all the UI was done in code. So it was a little bit challenging when there weren't any books, there weren't a whole lot of, uh, I, I think everything was under NDA. So like there really, Oh yeah. You like couldn't have uh, forums where you could talk about stuff. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was very challenging, you know, kind of felt very isolated. Um, you know, didn't, didn't know anybody else who was doing it. There were some folks at work that were interested, but, and um, you know, it was just kind of a, an interest, not necessarily like something they were really dedicated to do. Um, but I found a project where I got paid to learn and, uh, you know, as a side gig, and then eventually brought that into my day job. And, you know, we, kind of covertly started up a, a mobile team and eventually it grew. And uh, at the same time, we started a Cocoa Heads group here. You know, that's how I met Argo. And then Sam joined, Sam and Argo joined us at the retailer. And we, you know, built a really awesome team. We just kind of kept going from there. Yeah. So I have to say, I do have some mobile experience prior to phones. Like I actually <laughs> programmed a little bit for my Palm, my Palm pilot. And, uh, I had a sharp Zaris that ran Linux. That was fun. It, was a, it, it ran a personal Java implementation. So I wrote some software with that too. And that was like, you know, those platforms, you could create a to-do list app and sell it for $40. Yeah, that was, that was good stuff. I had a pocket PC, yeah. uh, PDA I got when I, Oh, yeah. uh, graduated high school. I I did some work on on that when I was in college too, as like a a research project type thing. I forgot about that in my mobile development career. <laughs> yeah, I had an iPad also. Yeah, that's what I had. I had one of those compact man. They're are they they're gone now, aren't they? They're out of business. I think bought by HP. HP. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Okay. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that market all got consolidated into HP compact bought digital equipment that made the, the deck alphas, which was kind of the, the hot computer back in the day. 
and then HP and yeah, bad times these days. So let's you know talk a little bit about why we started the podcast. You know, there's not really a big story behind that. You know, from my perspective, you know, we were already doing the Coco Heads meetups every month and uh, go out after the meetup and end up having conversations about all things Apple and developing for the platform. And, you know, eventually we said, hey, why don't we start a podcast and record ourselves having these conversations? Well, yeah. And the funny part was a lot of the times we would go, we'd, we'd have our Coco Heads meetup, which uh, thanks for getting that started, Alex. It's been a good good thing for our, the community in Cincinnati. We've actually met some people who listen to the podcast for that. So it's a, it's a good crew. If you're in Cincinnati or around there, come check it out. Um, but we would go to the bar afterwards and, and eat some food and drink a little bit and, and chat. And then half the time we'd be like out in the parking lot in the freezing cold and like having these long conversations. And it was like, well, wouldn't it be a lot better if we did this you know, where it was warm and a lot of times we were talking about like actually useful stuff that helped us out like uh, at work or was just interesting to us. So, yeah, we were like, let's do this. Uh, not not out in the cold parking lot. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit less beer, though. Right <laughs> yeah. Now. You don't have a beer right now, Sam? Actually, I don't. Yeah, I don't right now either. A lot of times I'll have a beer while I'm doing the podcast, but. Yeah, actually, for me in the early days, I would be nervous about talking into the mic. So <laughs> I would have a glass of whiskey with me. <laughs> I remember nice. there was one time where something, I think somebody maybe forgot to hit the button to record and we'd gotten through the whole thing. Hey, we don't do that anymore. We've gotten much better about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'd had like a whole glass of whiskey at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I can make it to the recording this again wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah true confessions yeah the, unfortunately uh, no one brings you beer while you're uh doing the podcast whereas if we were at the restaurant you know they would bring it to your table which was kind of nice but <laughs> we still do that too so 100 episodes is, is uh in my in my mind anyway is quite a milestone at least for for us um and it's right around two years yeah, it's it would have been like two years about a month ago, except that we always, well, it was two years about a month ago. And the reason that we're hitting 100 now is because we sometimes miss an episode or, or uh, we usually take the, the winter vacation there at the end of the year. So that's why we're off a bit. Yeah. So are there any thoughts that you guys have about the last 100? Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about, you know, how to record a podcast, you know, how to do the audio editing, um, probably still a lot to learn. I'm sure some of our listeners probably. Oh, they think know, they know, know stuff, more. but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some people who do auto audio engineering that, you know, would do a much better job. Oh, I thought on, you were going to say they stopped listening a long editing. time ago. <laughs> well, they may have. Yeah. Yeah, we may have scared people away. Um, you know, we've only ever once had a sponsor. You know, maybe maybe we should have sponsors. I don't know. I'm not sure. 
if people appreciate the fact that, you know, we do this all kind of out of our own pocket, own time, or if uh, they're like, yeah, you guys need to get a sponsor so, <laughs> so you can uh, do more with the podcast. Maybe we should do a Patreon. Let us know if you'll, uh, if you'll feedback our Patreon if we did that. <laughs> yeah. We Who could, knows? Uh, outsource the audio engineering. Yeah. And that sounds cool. <laughs> editing to, but, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. No. I, you know, I, we've kind of experimented with a lot of different formats. Uh, you know, we go from, having various news topics and that tends to be kind of our mainstay and we've had a couple deep dives a few really good interviews with uh, some people in the community that we have a lot of respect for i definitely would like to do more of that i I think when we started we weren't sure how to make the podcast unique because there were so many podcasts out there and and i feel like now you know the the pool is a lot smaller um and, and maybe there's a lot of new podcasts out there that we just haven't discovered yet but a lot of the ones that we were listening to a year or two years ago don't seem to be around anymore yeah i miss mobile couch that was one of my favorite ones so looking back do you guys have a favorite episode uh of one that we've done or that you can remember for any specific reason i'm looking back and i can't think of anyone specifically but i don't know what do you yeah i've got one so you remember when we, I think Argo, you were not available to record on this one, but it was when we did. Oh, okay. The, uh, <laughs> that's why I was so I good. See how it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was the one with, with uh, Carl Bowden when he talked about ReSwift and the kind of the coolest moment for me, this was relatively early in our time. And when I would look at our statistics and there was like four listeners from Australia at this time. And I messaged him kind of out of the blue saying, Hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And he's like, Oh yeah, I love your guys' podcast. <laughs> it's like out of everybody in Australia, four people listening to us at the time. Yeah. And I happened to contact one of them. <laughs> so it was like, just a really cool moment. Yeah. It's a small world. We had a similar moment with, uh, or I had a similar moment to that. Um, when we, uh, we all kind of on our own kind of discovered Buddy Build, which was our, our loan sponsor, if you guys remember. So we're giving them basically another free sponsorship right here. But, uh, I think we talked about them on the, on the podcast one time and how cool it was. And, uh, we were messing around with their like chat on their website and they're like, wow, like we're, we're legitimate where someone talked about us on a podcast. They had listened to the episode, I believe. Uh, I think you were talking to him, Alex, and the fact that they had heard our episode, uh, led us to talk more and we did that one sponsorship. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those like, wow, there's like people actually listen to this <laughs> <laughs> type of moments. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Any, any one particular thing stand out in your head? Definitely enjoyed the episode with Natasha, the robot. Yeah. In large part, because I read her newsletter, I've read her blog posts. I've seen a lot of her presentations online. I've never actually met her in person, but, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the conversation and, and she talked a lot about more than just coding, but like kind of a digital nomad lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I, I think for a long time, that was one of our best listened to or highest uh, number of listens of our podcast. So, you know, it was definitely a good episode from my perspective. But, you know, anytime we've had an interview, it's been a definitely it stands out a little stronger of an episode, in my opinion. You know, we've got somebody ideally with with some expertise in a subject that, you know, we get to 
uh, pick their brains and, and learn from and, uh, you know, get to know them better and help our listeners get to know them better. Yeah, that Natasha episode was very interesting. It's episode 62. If you want to go back and listen to that one, it uh, looks like it's our number two most downloaded episode right now. So robots like ice cream. Check it out. Just in general, it's an open call. If you guys, if our listeners, if you want to be on the podcast, you know, feel free to contact us. And if there's somebody in particular you, you want us to go after, we'll try. I don't, I don't think Tim Cook will respond to me, but... I feel like if we would have gone for it with Chris Latner, we might have been able to get him on. But I think we're too late at this point, just just because uh, he's fry hard at work at Tesla, working on all their autopilot yeah. stuff. <laughs> His star power is gone now anyway. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm sure people would like to listen to Chris Latner. Probably. So, uh, you know, we hit 100 episodes. You know, we could just call it quits now. You know, we kind of hit that milestone. Or we could try and do another hundred episodes. You know, what do you guys think about what we should do for the next two years or, or at least the next few episodes? You know, what are you looking forward to? What would you change? Let me let me uh, consult my magic eight ball to decide whether we should go on here. <laughs> it, it just said outlook not so good. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it cares about email, but yeah, whatever. I agree with your with your eight ball and that. In that case, Outlook, Outlook is sucks. not so good. <laughs> Especially on Mac. Oh, it's horrible. Although they just added support for Google Calendar as an Outlook for Mac, in case you're curious. Uh, I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> huh. mm. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? 200 more? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot of commitment. <laughs> well, we'll just, we'll just take it as it is. Yeah. yeah. No, I do enjoy doing yeah. this. Yeah, and I'm hoping we can get a few more interviews in over the next few episodes. And I, I know we've got some plans to focus on some specific tech topics, uh, kind of the the essential production shipping guide, if you will, uh, things that uh, we think any production level app should be incorporating into their process or into their app. Uh, so we took a little bit of a break from that this week uh, for the 100th episode, but we'll get back to that next week. Are, are we willing to, to tell them what we're going to talk about? Uh, for our next item on the uh, essentials checklist, or do you want to sure. keep it, keep them in suspense? We can keep them in suspense. It's up to you. I don't care. We're going to talk about accessibility. It's going to be a, a good, good old time. And yeah. I, I feel like we should have a transcript for that episode. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> I don't know if we have a lot of uh, hearing impaired listeners. Probably not. So maybe we don't need one. <laughs> Although if they hear yeah. it's about accessibility, or if they read it, it's about accessibility. Maybe they'll yeah. Now, vision impaired, you obviously yeah, don't need a text transcript for that. One. That wouldn't help so much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and actually that, that kind of does touch on a little bit of the topic in, in that most people just think that there's really one type of accessibility that you need to worry about, but there there's definitely more than that. All right, spoilers. So let's 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 save it for next week. We got to keep them listening. So, uh I think that's about all the time we have uh this week. So, why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet? And uh, you can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. And I'm at Sam Quarter on Twitter. You can find me at Alex Argo and the podcast at Shared Inst. Uh, if you want to chat with us, uh, head on over to chat.sharedinstance.com uh, and get an invite to our Slack channel uh, and give us any of this feedback that we uh, were talking about for this episode. Um, we'll see you and talk about accessibility next week.